It is so good to see you. Happy New Year. Welcome to First City Church. My name is Rick. I'm one of the ministers, pastors here. Oh, listen, isn't that great? Isn't that great? Just family. We're family, right? Man, being family is so much fun. And you're a really good family. If you're brand new, this is maybe one of your first times to ever attend and be with us. We love being family. And, and so churches, you know, take on a lot of different personalities. And there are some, there's just, I mean, there are a lot of fantastic churches in this town. The personality that we want to take on is just being family. We want you to feel like you just walked into your family reunion. And so during times of communion and during times like what we just experienced, uh, if you come from a, a, a church a history where those moments were really solemn and no one talked and everyone whispered and then that really is not who who we are in fact if you were to look back at moments of communion which we'll experience at the end of our worship today uh in the early church they called it the love feast and because it's when they all got together and they all celebrated and they told stories of jesus and they laughed and they cried and they hugged and they shared and it was a it was a family time and they gathered around a table and they shared in a meal, and it was just wonderful. And so sometimes now, you fast forward 2,000 years, and we've created into a ritual, and it's quiet, and it's somber. And, and, and listen, I'm not wanting to take away from the importance of the event, right? It is important, because that's where we really celebrate nothing other than the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord, of our Savior, Jesus and just to tell him thank you and to say by eating and drinking, I want more of you inside all of me. And that's a very, very important claim. And God is watching. And so when you choose to share in communion and it's available for everybody, you're making a declaration. God, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, Lord, I want more of you inside me. And God's watching. And so as you make that declaration, it's very serious. However, it's also in the middle of family. And so it, you're doing two things. You're reaching up to God, but you're also reaching out. I need more of you also. If I'm going to make it through this life, I need your encouragement. I need your discipline. I need your prayer, right? I need a hug, and I need you to sit down and say, hey, Rick, you're missing it here. I need, you know what I mean? So we need each other. Amen. So, man, I'm so glad that you're family and you're here. And it is the beginning of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so today I really want to talk about more of the fasting. Now, we're going to start our fast together this afternoon, this evening at 6 p.m. We do this every year in January and in August. So we start our fast on uh, this Sunday, today, at 6 p.m. And I'm really grateful because Katrina brought me some brownies this morning and... <laughs> They're my favorite. <laughs> and so I've already dipped into them and ate a little bit. That was my breakfast. I'm just confessing my, you know. And it's not a sin because we're not starting our fast until 6 p.m. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, I'm confessing now. I'm going to eat them all before <laughs> 6 p.m. And there's not that many, are there? I mean, there's only, it's, only, it's, it's enough. But it's my favorite. So if, if you want to go get you a good lunch, if you want, listen, God bless you. But starting at 6 p.m., as a family, what we're asking out of you, out of all of us, 
is that now we get serious about this question really that Erica proposed to us. It's a brand new year. It's a brand new decade. What do you want to accomplish? Who do you want to be? It's, it's all in, full, of, full of opportunity and promise and potential all in front of us. Who do you want to be? What kind of life do you want to live? How much of God do you want in your life? I don't know if you have discovered yet or not, but life without God is a miserable life. We try so hard to fill up our life with entertainment and we run after all kinds of things and you have so much talent and there's a lot of things that the world offers for you to run after. But at the end of every one of those roads is emptiness outside of Jesus Christ. And so we're gonna talk today about how prayer and fasting can focus us in more on who God wants us to be. Now, we're going we're gonna to push it out on all of our social media forums, so it comes out on our website. In fact, if you've already gone to our website or if you get Instagram and you've already looked this morning, you have our morning prayer. So for the next 21 days, beginning today, and we've already started it this morning, You can look on your Instagram account and you'll see that we've already given you the morning prayer. And then that that will come off at 7 a.m. every morning. So you can begin your morning with it. And then in the afternoons at 6 p.m., you'll get our afternoon prayer. These were written by a couple of ladies, just wonderful ladies in our church, those afternoon prayers. And and I'll give you the reason behind uh, those prayers here in a little bit. Here's the morning prayer that was already Uh, put out this morning. You can read it on your Instagram or you can go to our website. Lord, help me to tune into you. As distractions and temptations come, give me strength to turn to you. Teach me. Give me eyes and ears to hear your voice. Open my heart to your word. As I'm challenged in the days ahead, please give me what I need to humble myself and honor you. Help me to take time to be holy, to spend time with you in secret, to trust in your word. You are the potter. I am the clay. Mold me and make me according to your will. Thank you for being a God who I can trust. You are so faithful to me, and I am yours. So it's called Tune In. It's just the beginning of our 21 days, and all it's saying is, Right here at the very beginning, I just want to turn all my attention, all my focus on you, God. And I want to, for the next 21 days, I want to focus in on that. And I'm going to begin to ask myself, okay, God, what is it that you want to do with my wild life over the next year? And what can I do in your service? Now, fasting is a part of that. And we have on the outline in front of you, in the P-Rex in front of you, there's an outline. And on the back of that, there's some fasting resources. If you've never fasted before, I would encourage you to read some of these resources about how to prepare. There are different types of fasts. And, uh, and, and so you can choose one of those or however you want to go about it. Here is the definition for fasting What is fasting? Fasting is essentially giving up food or something else for a period of time in order to focus your thoughts on God. While fasting, many people read the Bible, pray, or worship. Fasting is found throughout the Old and New Testaments of the Bible over 50 times. So it's just a real brief description of what is fasting. It is giving up of something that is good 
for more of something that is great, of God. And so, what competes with my attention? What competes with my time? Now, in the Old Testament, there was one reason, there were, well, there were three big reasons why people fasted, but it carried a different meaning behind fasting in the Old Testament than it does in the New Testament. So if you're new to Bible study, the first 39 books of your Bible, all we call it the Old Covenant, the Old Testament. And then the New Covenant, the New Testament, the last 27 books of your Bible, all happen after the time that Jesus came into the world and then ascended to God and then the time of the Holy Spirit, the church, and, and into now. In fact, we're still writing in the kingdom of God. And so... In the Old Testament, God worked very differently than he does in the New Testament. He was always saying, one day there's going to come a Messiah. One day there's going to come someone who will rescue you. And the people of that time chose a king. They chose law. That's what they thought they would find life in. Write a law. If you can write a law, people will do right and people will do wrong. The ones who do right will be rewarded. The ones who do wrong will be punished. People try to live their life that way. I'm just going to write a new law. It doesn't work. In fact, law moves people away from grace and into a spirit that really begins to destroy each other. People learn how to manipulate the law to make it say what they want it to say, or they just disregard it altogether. And this old pattern that you'll find in the Old Testament are the people would get close to God, and then they would just run away from Him. And when they ran away from Him, their life became miserable, and they would cry out to God. And it first really started in the period of the judges with fasting. And then you see Esther doing it. You see Jeremiah doing it. You see a lot of people declaring these fasts. And what they would do is they would fast to find and win the favor of God. And so God would say, I want to be a part of your life. When they would tell him no, God would remove himself. He would, it's like he would remove his hand of covering from them and then they really experienced what a world is like without God. And boy, the Old Testament is violent, isn't it? It's a violent world without the kindness and grace of God. And they would cry out to him. They would tear their clothes. They would fast and mourn and ask for God and his presence to come back. In the New Testament, this is key. In the New Testament, it's very different. You do not fast to win today, now. You do not fast to win the approval of God. You've already got the approval of God by way of the Holy Spirit who lives in you. You fast to access more of what you already have available to you. God is with you in you, if you have chosen, I want to be a disciple, I want to be a believer, I want to give my life to God, he has given you the gift of his Holy Spirit. You already have his favor. Now you get to choose what you do with it. And our life gets so distracted that we just weed out God by just, we just cover our life full of stuff. And next thing you know, we're just not spending much time with God at all. So fasting focuses our attention back on the things of God. Now, let me just show it to you, starting here in Matthew chapter 9. This is Jesus talking with, his, uh, with John's disciples, and they came to Jesus, and they said, one day the disciples of John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, why do your disciples fast, 
Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? And Jesus replied, do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Well, of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. What he's saying is right now, my, I'm, I'm with them. I am covering them. And there's no need for them to fast because we walk together. But one day, I'm not going to be here. And they will long for more of me. And then they will fast. So when you don't feel close to God, when you haven't been walking with God, and what, what he's saying is inside all of us should develop this passion for more of God. And when it does, fasting begins to play a part. I want more of God. What do I need to get out of my life in order that I can have more of God? And then in Luke 22, and I put the verse of scripture there on your outline, Jesus said, hey, do you remember when I sent you out two by two and I sent you into all those towns and all those villages? And as, I, and as you're going, I told you, don't take a change of clothes, don't take new sandals, you know, don't take money bags or purses, you know, or sword, anything like that. In other words, I'm going to take care of you. You don't need anything. Do you remember that? And they're like, yes. And then in the next verse, he said, but now, because he was about to go back to God. He was about to go to the cross, die. He was going to sin and go into heaven. He said, but now things are different. Now you will need to prepare yourself. I won't be with you. And before the Holy Spirit comes, things are going to be different, and it's an evil world. And people are going to attack you, and you need to prepare yourself differently than what I've been doing for you. Fasting is your decision to prepare yourself for more of the things of God. Now, we have this promise that Paul gave us in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, that says this. All praise to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. He is saying, you already have available to you everything you need for a spiritually blessed life. Amen? And so, how do you access that? How do you, how do you access more of the things of God? It comes by prayer and by fasting and by reading of God's word and by finding him in the quiet place, in the simple place, and just letting him speak to you. So, what I want to do is cover with you, you know, the why behind fasting. Why should I fast? So in the brief time that we have left this morning, I just gave five different reasons, five different uh, reasons why you may want to fast. You can write these down. The first one is because I need revival. Revival is a church word, right? You don't hear that much at business. Hey, we need revival around this place, you know, or, or in our homes. Revival is just this, it's this old spiritual, you know, word for, man, my life is flat, and, and I look around and I just, I just, I don't feel excitement. I don't feel energy. I don't feel purpose. And I need to be revived, restored. I mean, it's a medical term, you know, ready, poof, right? And somebody can be revived. And so it's like, man, I need some shot of Holy Spirit energy to bring me back to life. And so fasting is a way of saying, you know what, I'm going to just do something different. I feast my life on all of these things, but now intentionally 
I'm going to cut some of them or all of those out and feast on something different. And so this verse of Scripture, Psalm 85, verse 6, really, it's, it's a goal. What is the goal of fasting? What's the purpose? Won't you revive us again so your people can rejoice in you? Is there anyone in here today who wants more revival, who wants to wake up, who wants something more of the things of God, who wants to feel the Holy Spirit come alive in your bones and bring you back to life? You want to read a good story? Turned up. Ezekiel 37. Dim bones, dim bones, dim dry bones. Right? Isn't that a great story? And God gives, you know, this uh, Ezekiel, this prophet, this vision of of all of these dead bones lying all around this valley. No life. And all of a sudden, he starts preaching the word. And these bones start shaking and rattling and coming together. And then all of a sudden, flesh. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's a great story. And they stand on their feet, and he breathes into them the, whole, the spirit of life. And the Bible says, they stood an exceedingly great army. And he says, listen... Uh, this is a metaphor. This is a this is just a this is a dream that I have for my people. That if there's anything inside you that feels dead, that feels lifeless, that feels like you're on a dead end path, your marriage is on a dead end path, your life, your career, your finances, just inside your soul you feel empty. Is that you? But this is perfect for you. Focus in on what you want from God and let the Spirit, let His Holy Spirit bring and breathe new life in you and bring revival. And, and, and maybe that's what you need to focus in at the very beginning of this decade, this year. Focus in on what God wants out of you. Write it down and don't let it go. And this is, you know, psychologists will tell you that if you will say something internally and say it out loud six times a day over 21 days, it will become a new habit for you. Like if you say, if, if you're like, you know, I'm a good man. I make good decisions. I make wise choices. I discipline my eyes. I discipline my tongue. If, if you have a problem with cursing or yelling or arguing or fits of rage, if you were to say internally, and not the negative side of that, that's not who I am. Say the positive, I'm a calm man. I do not wound people with my tongue. And you say it internally six times. And you say it out loud, I do not wound people with my tongue. I don't wound people with my tongue. Six times a day, 21 days. Your mind, your body, your psyche, your inner will go to make true that statement. So for the next 21 days, what is it that you want? So just if, write it down or, or log it in your mind. But begin to do that every day and let God revive something in you that you feel like you lost or that you want back or something that's new that's ahead of you. And let's become new men and women in the name of Jesus Christ, right? So number two, to develop a spiritual hunger. To develop a spiritual hunger. And this is like, man, there's, I just, I need more. I need more. I need more. Listen, I'm hungry all the time. But I'm not hungry all the time for God. Anybody else like that? 
It's like, man, I'm, I can fill up my life. I can fill up every day with ball games on television. And the bigger the screen and the better the sound system, the more I'm going to just stay focused right there. Any man relate to that? What does it take to focus you in on more of the things of God? Because God doesn't scream at you like a nice 75-inch HD scream <laughs> with Q8 sound. God whispers in the quiet place, I'm waiting for you. Come and abide with me. He's such a gentleman. He doesn't push himself on you. He longs for you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Open, and I will come in and abide with you. So I love the way that it's said here in Matthew 5, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They'll find fulfillment. Your, your life will be full. You'll, you'll be satisfied. You'll find nourishment for your soul for the longing in you that's empty. Sometimes we, we want our spouse or our best friend or our job to fulfill that longing and that no one was designed to fulfill the longing in your soul other than God. He's the only one who can fill that longing. So develop spiritual hunger. Psalm 42, I just wrote this, I just love this. As the deer longs for streams of water, so I long for you, O God. I thirst for God, for the living God. When can I go and stand before him? Is that your spirit as you, as you walk into the church building this morning, as you enter into your quiet time, you know, with God, as you go to open up his word, as I long for more of God? It's like you get up in the morning and say, hey, what are you going to do today? Is the first thing you say. Well, the first thing I'm going to do is I just can't wait to spend more time with God. I just, I long for more of him. Okay, number three, it teaches humility. It begins to teach humility. Now, Matthew 6, in verse 16 through 18, Jesus is speaking, and he's trying to help people recognize that when you fast, it's not about a big show. It's not about, oh, I'm fasting. Oh, I'm so hungry. It's not about showing how spiritual you are. Yeah, I'm on a fast. Just me and God, I'm just fasting and praying you know it's not about what you look like or what other people think of you this is not about bringing out more neediness inside you it's about the longing of your soul turning into the attention of of your father who created you and when you fast don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do for they try to look miserable and deceitful people who admire them for their fasting I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they'll ever get. Man, wouldn't that be a sad life? The only reward you ever get is the compliment from the person you don't even like in the first place. When you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do at private. Listen, this promise. And your Father who sees everything, and your father who sees everything will reward you. Meet him in the quiet place. You don't have to announce to everybody what you're doing. He knows what you hunger and thirst for. 
And he'll reward you when you seek more of him. David did it. He sinned so badly. He murdered a man. He took another man's wife. She got pregnant. He tried to hide it and cover it. Oh, oh man, I hurt for him. I hurt for her. I hurt for the child. The child died. And in the process, David began to mourn and he began to fast. He wouldn't eat. He wouldn't speak to anybody. And everybody was worried about him. But his fasting was because he was mourning. Esther mourned and and her people mourned and Mordecai mourned because there was this wicked Haman who wanted to destroy all of God's people. And she was paralyzed and scared and didn't know what to do. And so she said, we need to fast for seven days and I'm gonna find the strength from God to go in before the king and tell him what's going on and try to rescue God's people. And if I die in the process, I die. But she began to mourn and and pray and fast over that. Nehemiah, when he read and heard the news from the walls of Jerusalem and the temple was destroyed, he was a cupbearer before a king. He was a slave in a foreign land, but his heart yearned for home. And as he stood in front of the king and he would taste the wine to make sure that nobody was trying to poison the king, And as he would fulfill his responsibility, he would stand. And he heard the news. The Bible said he just cried. And he couldn't hide it from the king. And he just mourned. And the king said, what's going on with you? Right? Jeremiah, we call him the weeping prophet because he saw God's people destroy themselves. Stop running after him and chase after everything else. And it just destroyed him. And he declared a fast in front of all the people, please turn back to God. Please turn back to God. Oftentimes, you know, fasting really turns our attention toward away from the world, away from the distractions, away from the promotions and the, you know, all the recognition and just focuses us quietly down into the places where God resides. So, so that's another reason why, man, I need more humility. I need God to humble me because I want to pursue holiness. When Jesus comes back, he's looking for a holy people. He's not looking for good people. There are good people who are not Christians. There are good people all over the world. He's looking for holy people. Are you one? Pursue holiness, and it begins in humility. Number four, it prepares you for kingdom work. Uh, Acts 13, verses two and three, I love this. One day as these men were worshiping the Lord and fasting, I just love that. It's just like, it's it's almost like a, a reporter walked into the room and he called them, you know, just worshiping and fasting and praying and just pouring their heart out before God. It's like, well, you know, I just, as I walked in, I discovered they're just worshiping and they're fasting. And the Holy Spirit said, I want you to choose these two men, Barnabas and Saul, for special work which I have called them. If you're wondering what is the special reason why you exist, what is the one thing God wants to do with you? The more you spend alone time with God, the more it will become clear what he wants you to do. Okay? And so as they're just worshiping and they're fasting, God recognizes 
Those who can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. And because they're turning their heart to more of me, I know I can trust them with a bigger assignment. Oftentimes, we want a bigger job. We want more responsibility in the house of the Lord. But we're not willing to do what it takes to, for God to use us in a powerful way. I want more, you know, it's just that we, we cry out to God to rescue us. And what God is saying is, I want you to cry for more of me. And then I'll equip you for everything that you're facing. And I'll give you more. Because there's a, he wants everyone saved. And he needs us. And if we're not equipped, if we're not prepared, if you haven't worked on the inside of you, and you were to go do something big for God, the enemy will come and he'll expose us for our hypocrisy. And actually, we do the kingdom of God a disservice. So he's like, man, they're already worshiping, they're fasting, they're giving their life to God. Appoint them. I'm going to call them for something special. So after more fasting and prayer, the men laid their hands on them and set them on their way. It's like, wow, God showed up. And they're like, okay, now we really need to focus in. on. Now we need more prayer and fasting. We need more of God because he's calling us to more. And that became a pattern for them. As these two men began to go in all these different places, planting churches, and they would appoint elders, the Bible would say that they would fast before they appointed those spiritual leaders in all those places. It just became a regular habit of what they did in their life. So it prepares you for more kingdom work. And then number five, it reminds you of the heart of God. What is it that God says that he wants? Because so far what we've really talked about is more about what God wants to do inside of you. And what God is about to reveal in this next, I mean, you can go ahead and read it in Isaiah 58, is that there's more. This is not really about you. I need you, but the reason I need you is to leverage your life for the salvation of somebody else. I'm glad that I have you, but now there's a very important work going on. And what he says right here in Isaiah 58, when they were asking, he's like, man, you think that all I want you to do is just mourn and fast and pray. He, you can read something very similar in Isaiah chapter 1. And he's like, what are your multiplied sacrifices to me? I've had enough of your burnt offerings and the fat of fed cattle. When you come before me, who requires of you this trampling of my courts? Bring your worthless offerings no longer. They're an abomination to me. Your new moons and Sabbath feasts, I hate, I mourn. Dismay has taken hold of me. So when you spread out your hands in prayer, I will hide my eyes from you. Yes, even if you multiply your prayers, I will not listen because your hands are full of blood. What was he talking about? He's like, you come in because all you think, you're just trying to look good. You're trying to feel spiritual but you won't give me your heart and it's a waste of time. And you're praying all these prayers because they sound pretty, not because you intend to do anything different in your life. And he said, it's not even worth my time. I don't listen to those kind of prayers. What is it you want, God? He tells you in Isaiah 58, no, this is the kind of fasting I want. 
Free those who are wrongly imprisoned. Lighten the burden of those who work for you. Let the oppressed go free and remove the chains that bind people. Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless. Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. <laughs> I mean, he gives all that big stuff and he had to end on that one, right? It's like, what? I've got to do that for that weird uncle. Please, no. Right? But that, that, what he's saying is that it's not about you. I want everybody saved. Is there anything inside you that hungers for people being saved? Are you content just for more of God in you? That sounds great. But God is like, listen, if I had a hundred of you and you all came together and we said, all we want is more of God, all we want is more of God... And so I have a hundred people, and they're going deeper. Even if you memorized all of the Torah, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, even if you memorized all of the New Testament, even if you knew everything that Jesus said, even if your life became holy, and you did nothing to the hurting world to make sure that people are saved, God's like, you missed what I called you to do. If I... Listen, you're not going to be saved because of your perfection. You're going to be saved because you joined God in his mission. He has already given you everything that you need to run after a hurting world and help turn around somebody's life. Let's go do that. He's saying, that's what I want more of. So in your prayer, in your fasting, it cannot end in you. That's the beginning point. God needs you. Because there's a lost world. Amen? Amen? Go into all the world. What do you want from us, Jesus? You're about to go back to the Father. You're about to ascend into heaven. Give us the one thing that you want. Okay. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Tell the good news. Those who repent and are baptized will be saved. Those who don't are going to be lost. And I'm going to hold you responsible for that. Now go, and I will go with you to the ends of the earth. Okay. Woo! That's our beginning point. That's our beginning point. What you're a part of is a work of God. Here's the good news. He already knows we're not perfect. Amen? He wants you to strive for holiness, but he will cover your imperfections. You go give a cup of cold water in his name and he'll reward you. You chase after hurting people that are lost and he'll go with you. And his grace will cover your sin. Will you join me in a prayer? Will you join me in a fast? Will you join us for 21 days? Can we come together and grab the attention of God and do something in our city so great only God can get the glory? Will you do that? So you have the resources, you have the opportunity, we get to make our own decision. Let's begin with communion. It all begins in Jesus. Everything begins and ends in him. Have you given your life to him? Have you declared, I want to be a Christian? I want to live for God. I want him in my life. If you haven't. That's the first decision I want to call you to. Give your life to Jesus today. 
Get started immediately. He'll free you from all of your sin and set your path in a new direction. He'll give you his Holy Spirit, which equips you for everything you need. You can live a fulfilling life. That's our, that's our beginning point. We have some cards in the Purex in front of you. And so if you want prayer, how do I do that? I'll begin a prayer with you right now. But it's just a beginning point, right? And so you, you can fill that out. I'll call you. We'll get started. We'll, we'll, we'll get on a path and we'll create a new direction. And this is the time and the day. Today is the day of salvation. And then for all of us, we have this opportunity. So let's take seriously for the next 21 days these things of God focusing on prayer and on our fasting. And it's not about, you don't have to give up everything. You can give up one thing. God sees, he hears, he watches, he rewards. And then let's stay consistent with it for 21 days. So now let's go into this time of communion. Tell Jesus thank you. Hug somebody, share with them. Tell them you love them, right? Encourage them. We can do this. I'm gonna be praying for you over these next 21 days. Let's just be family in this moment. And then after communion, go back to your seats. We'll end up with a, with a word of, you know, you know, I guess a song and encouragement, and, and then we'll go out. By the way, if you do not do social media, you don't do Instagram, I have these copies downstairs. And I only have 25 copies today, but uh, if you need one of these because you don't do anything social media-wise, then all the prayers are already written out and you know, prepared for you, and so get one downstairs at the desk. Let's pray together. Why don't you stand with me? Let's go into this time of communion. So happy for you. I'm so proud of you, right? We're going to do, do this in the name of the Lord. Amen.